Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. Isn't our God awesome? Isn't He great? Lord, I need you. I just want to let you know I was supposed to sing this song for you, but I just could not find the truck anywhere. So I decided to play it for you instead. Amen. And we just want to give God the praise and the glory. That song is so powerful. The wording, so powerful, means so much to us. And it connects with the sermon today. And we want to just praise him and lift him up because he's a good God. Amen? I just want to take this time out to recognize a special person who's visiting with us today. She's like a mother to me, Miss Phyllis. Just stand and wave so everybody can see you. The lady who keeps me in line, Mercy. <laughs> she calls me frequently, make sure I'm okay. And um, I'm so glad that you visit with us today. And I'm hoping and praying that one day you will be member here. Amen? Amen. Amen. And for the rest of our visiting friends, we're so happy to have you. Church could not be what it is without you. Amen? And I want to extend my gratitude and thanks to our first elder for his welcome, his warm introduction. And I just hope that as we pray and we worship before God today, that this will not be this will be a day that we can say truly it was good to be here. I'm excited about God. What about you? I'm excited about salvation. What about you? And with this change that is happening in our world today, I pray and hope that this will not make us more upset, but this will bring us closer to God. Because these things must happen before the end of time comes. Amen? Amen. Our topic, Miracle at Midnight, has been announced for the past few weeks. And so it is here. And let us preach the word of God. I preach it to myself several times. And um, now it's your time. Amen? Let us pray. Merciful Heavenly Father, you are truly a miracle work in God, and we thank you. As your words in the written form is placed on the podium to become your spoken words, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will speak through me like never before. Hide me behind the cross and help that as I speak to your people, that Jesus Christ will be glorified, will be honored, and will be lifted up. In his dear name we pray. Amen. Amen. The story for your sermon is taken from Acts chapter 16. And it was read so beautifully from 22, 22 I believe, to 30. Okay? Miracle at Midnight. The greatest work that a man or woman could ever undertake 
is the work of saving souls for the kingdom of God. Amen? Sometimes that will lead us into places unknown, into situation unfavorable, into contacts unwelcome, and even cause us to be thrown into jail. As worshipers of the true God, we find that the road isn't always easy. But one thing I know is that God will give us the strength to carry on. Won't you say amen? Sometimes you will be provoked by the enemy to sin. But hold on to your faith. God has got your back. This is the same scenario that happens to Paul and Silas. They receive the call to witness over in Macedonia. After they arrived in Philippi, they went out by the river to pray. For this was their custom, the Bible said in those days. Stay with me. Then it happened, as they went out to pray, a little slave girl who was possessed with a spirit of divin divination confronted them. This little demon-possessed girl brought her masters much profit from fortune-telling. She annoyed the apostle to the point where Paul had to cast out the demons out of her. This made her boss angry, mad, because the source of their income has now gone. But when her master saw that the source of their income has now gone, he had Paul and Silas arrested and thrown into jail. Oh, you can't miss this. You have to wake up now. These men, Paul and Silas, were dragged through the street into the marketplace where the rulers and the magistrate were, were, saying these men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. It is like, uh, it, it's like over here when someone called the police and mentioned a blackmail. You got their attention. Notice that Paul and Silas were treated, how they were treated for helping to free a demon-possessed girl. Somehow, one might think that this was a good thing, and indeed it was, and would therefore thank the apostles for doing a great job. But no, they were charged and put in jail, not for the loss of profit, no, 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 that would not stick. Not for freeing the little girl, but for preaching and teaching things not lawful for them, being Roman, to receive and observe. Stay with me. Then the crowd rose up against them, and the magistrates stripped them naked as the day they were born, and commanded them to be beaten with rods. Anyone remember being beaten as a child? Anyone remember, especially if you're a little out of the ordinary, your parents would sometimes trip you and beat you? Mercy. Notice that after they were beaten down with rods, they endure cuts all over their bodies and were weakened by the assault. Then they were locked up in the inner prison. 
This all happened because they went to pray and worship by the riverside. These men live a lifestyle of sacrificing. You see, worship must be about sacrifice. You cannot worship without sacrifice. Are you with me? If you ask, if you're asked to sacrifice for the love of the church, we will see it because it will be translated in your giving of offering and returning of your tithe. If you're asked to sacrifice for the building to renovate our building or to build up our church, we will see it for it will be done through pledges and the time you spend in church doing God's work. But worship cannot be seen. All this is not worship. When we come together in this setting and we talk and we hug and we laugh and we hold hands and we greet one another as visitors and friends, when we dress up nice, all this, my friend, is not worship. Stay with me. This is the assembling of ourselves together where we ushered you into worship. You are made into worship. This is an organized program where you know what next. This is a moment in the secret time with God where he said, I want all my people to come together and I will lead them into worship and I will declare to them what I want them to do that I want them to know. But that's not worship. At midnight, they were in their inner cell of the prison. Not just the regular part of the jail, but in the deep quarter of the jail, the deepest part of this dungeon. This place was dark and damp, probably cold and shivering. At midnight, they were all alone in this tiny cell, chained and shackled to their feet in an uncomfortable position. Yes, at midnight. Without the comfort of a potted chair, there was no music for them to listen to. Without the singing of the church choir, without anyone to cheer them on, without the choir, without the praise team, without the pastors, without the elders, without any familiar place. At midnight, they were in a bad place. Stripped. Beaten, embarrassed, cut and bruised all over their bodies. But at midnight, the true worshiper came out. Stay with me. The true worshiper came out at midnight. Let me just stop right here and tell you that your worship should be intensified, especially when you're in your midnight crisis. Come with me. Let me stop right here and tell you, because there's someone here today who can testify that they have been in their midnight crisis. Elder, I have to sing my way through my midnight crisis. Elder, I have to get down on my knees and, 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 and pray myself out. Elder, I have to get into the corner of my closet 
and get down on my knees and intercede on behalf of my co-workers, on behalf of my supervisors. Elder, I have to get down on my knees because I have to intercede on behalf of my church brothers and sisters at midnight. I know what it's like to be in a midnight crisis when only Jesus can bring comfort. I know I'm not the only one who has ever been in a midnight crisis. I know I'm not the only one who has ever prayed and the word just didn't come out right. Do I have a witness? I know I'm not the only one to sing and I'm singing off key. I know I'm not the only one to cry to the Lord and mumble words that simple makes no sense. I know I'm not the only one when it gets so bad to hum a song and the tears begin to fall for like water from a stream. I know I'm not the only one, but I'm so glad that God understands and he communicates through my tears. I know I'm not the only one to lay in bed with my eyes closed but cannot sleep. I know about midnight crisis. I don't need an invitation into your nightmare. I have them every, every now and again. But I know the God I serve. This should make us more excited that even though we're in a midnight crisis, I know that my God is right there with me. Regardless of how bad it may be, he will step out of his chamber and say to the wind, be still. He will tell the wave, calm yourself. He will say to the demon, depart from him. He will speak to the disease, don't touch him. He will say to your trouble, it's over now. Because my God can fix your midnight crisis. I know my Redeemer lives. Let all creation testify that life within me cries. I know my Redeemer lives. And at midnight, it said they started to pray and they started to sing. But notice that what the text says, that the other people were listening to them. I don't want you to miss this. The other prisoners were listening to them. The Holy Spirit moved upon the foundation of the jail. And it says that the prison door burst open of all them. And the shackles that binds Paul and Silas were broken and fell off. Oh, you have to stay with me. This is getting interesting. I don't want you to think that all these prisoners that were locked up were innocent. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. I believe they were guilty of the crime they committed against society. I believe they were guilty. But the Bible declares that at midnight, Paul and Silas began to pray. And they began to sing. 
I don't know what happened, what they were doing around the prison. But whatever the prisoners were doing, they stopped. And they were listening to Paul and Silas. Something transpired in their hearts. From the listening, from the, from, from, from the time they were listening to the opening of the jail cell. Could it be? Could it be that they were convicted? Could it be that they realized that this was their only hope? I don't believe that God is going to open a jail cell door for someone who is still guilty. He cannot open the door for someone who still needs to be repent. How can he? How can they walk out of a jail cell guilty of stealing, guilty of rape, guilty of burglary, guilty of murder, guilty of deceiving? How can they walk out of a jail cell with those charges? And then it came to me. It's in the passage. It's in the Bible. That's why I'm telling you, it's so excited. Oh, man, when I read the Bible, it comes alive. It said, after, it's in the passage. After the Bible said that they were praying and they were singing. Look, I believe that God won't do anything unless it is based on his divine order. Did you know that? The Bible says his words will not return unto him void. So the question is, and hear me now carefully. Are you asleep? Wake up. You have to get this question. So the question is, what were they praying about? You ever thought about that? What were they praying about? What would you pray about if you were locked up? What would you pray about when you're in trouble? One would think that they were praying about the beating that they received. Or, or, or for someone to send a message to a friend or family to come and bail them out. Or for the authorities to set them free so they could go and get medical help for their injury. One may also think that they may have been praying to God to free them from the dungeon. But there's no way that could have been the case when the jail cell door swung wide open. Stay with me. Oh, Just know that God could perform a miracle just for them. Remember, worship is connected to sacrificing. Paul and Silas was caught in a dilemma, a bad situation. Their present situation say no hope, no escape, no redemption. Rather than focusing on their present circumstances, oh, you have to hear this, they decided to have a good all-time revival. Are you with me? They started to pray for all the guilty prisoners. 
praying loud enough so they could hear the call of God to come out of darkness into his marvelous light. They were singing loud enough that they could hear that God is able to do just what he says he will do. I want to believe that all these prisoners without hope heard a message of hope. Don't give up on God because he is still working on you. Then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, the spirit of the Lord fell on that place and the Holy Spirit went from jail cell to jail cell and began to seal their decision. Here's what I believe happened. Stay with me. Every cell that he visited and every one that he called, he forgives, he redeems, and he opens the door. Praise the Lord. Every cell that he visited and every one that he called, he forgives, he redeems, and he opened the door. He went to the cell of the backbiter. He forgives, he redeems, and he opened the doors. He went to the cell of the liars. He forgives, he redeemed, and he opened the doors. He went to the cell of the murderers and the thief. He forgives, he redeems, and he opened the door. Saving grace. If we, like Paul and Silas, would stop focusing on self and start focusing on helping and serving others, then God will begin to forgive, redeem, and open the doors. Here is the key element. You cannot be concerned about who will come to this building. But rather be concerned about who will make it into the kingdom of God. The song said, if I could help somebody as I travel along. If I could help somebody with a word or a song. If I could help somebody from doing wrong. Then my living, my living will not be in vain. If your desire is to pack this church with people, then the devil can do that. For some of the greatest preachers every week who pack their churches every week work for the devil. But if your desire is to transform people and to help them make it into heaven, then we cannot be focusing and building self up. We must be focused on the kingdom of God. And by the way, if you build it, they will come. Not this building, not this sanctuary. If you build a true spirit of God inside of this building, people will come. And when they come, they will be transformed. And when they are transformed, they will take the world for Jesus. You cannot build this earthly vessel up. It will fail. It will fall. 
For the more we try, the greater the attack. The more we focus on establishing this, the enemy gets excited. Why? Because when we establish this, we are establishing every demon in hell. Don't miss this. Build me a sanctuary, the Bible said, so that I may dwell among them. Don't miss the context. Build me a sanctuary. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? So how can you build this physical structure without building a spiritual one first? Fix this first. Prepare this first. Strip this first. Give up on this first. Subdue this first. Deny this first. Surrender this first. And then, only then, don't miss this. This is the key. Will you be able, just like Paul and Silas, you will begin to pray for people and set them free. The narrative was never about Paul and Silas. It was about the prisoner. They were set free, not only from the dungeon, but from the sinful jail cell the enemy had them into. The narrative was about the guard. He was set free from the camp of the enemy. Look at the question that he asked Paul and Silas after he came trembling to them. What must I do to be saved? They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your household will be saved. The question is to you this morning. Do you want to be saved? Do you want salvation? Do you want to live with him forever? This morning, under the authority of the Holy Spirit, he has ordained me to offer you salvation free. Free of charge. Without any price. He said, come as you are. Come as you are. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He desire to save all of us. Don't you want to be saved? This morning, the appeal is to you. If you have not yet accepted Jesus as your personal savior from sin, and you want to say, Elder, I want you to pray for me. That one day, I will accept him as my personal savior from sin. Don't shy. Don't be afraid. I'm going to ask you to stand where you are and let us pray. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs>
Praise the Lord. You see, many of us have been through a midnight crisis. But one thing I know and I can guarantee you that Jesus is there to help you all the way. This afternoon, he is making up his jewels and he's calling people to come home. Don't be left out in the cold. This earth is rapidly changing. We are soon to go home. Jesus is soon to come. And he's saying to you, it's okay. If you have messed up before, if you're now going through your midnight crisis, he's saying, my child, you can find refuge in me. He said, you can find rest in me. Is there one more for Christ? Who want to say, Lord, I want to come. As the song said, just as I am. Lord, I want to come with my midnight crisis. You see, Jesus can give us rest. And the only rest we need in times like these is a rest in Jesus. Let us pray. Eternal Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to you for being our Lord and our Master. We're so grateful to you for taking care of us. For Lord, when we're not even looking out, you go before us and you pave the way. We're alive today because of you. Because of what you have done. Your protection, your grace, your mercies. Lord, as these brethren stand in a firm, in affirmative way. Saying, Lord, I want to be with you in the earth made new. I pray this moment that you will seal their decision for you, O oh God. And put a hedge of protection around them. One that the evil one can see, but cannot touch him. Lord, I believe there's still more people for you here. Who need to come to you today. Who need to say yes Lord yes. To your will and to your way. When the spirit speak to me. With my whole heart I will agree. And my answer will be yes Lord yes. With all eyes closed and head bows. As the Holy Spirit moves back and forth through these pews. Is there one more? Just raise your hands where you are. I'm not going to ask you to stand. You want to say, Lord, I'm coming home. I'm coming home, Lord. I want to be counted in that prayer. Thank you for that hand. Is there another hand? Is there another hand? Thank you for that hand. Praise the Lord. Is there one more? Thank you for that hand. Is there one more? Lord, I'm coming home. Heaven is for real. I want to be with you in the earth made new.
Don't waste this time here. Is there one more hand for Jesus? Is there one more? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, you have seen those hands. And we ask you, O oh God, to seal these decisions. Father, we ask you to consecrate each and every one. Oh God, we pray that when this world shall come to its close, when the last sermon is preached and the last prayer is prayed, that everyone within the hearing of my voice will be able to rise up to hail you as their personal savior from sin. Lord, we thank you for being so good to us. We thank you for listening to us. And we thank you for taking care of us. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.